What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Builders Project podcast, where we are about to explore 20 reasons Jesus prayed. Welcome to the Builders Project podcast, where we believe every person is a project that God is building. I'm your host, David Narvaez, and I am here to help you build your life on Jesus and follow his word, his will, and his way. So as I said earlier, this is episode seven of the Builders Project podcast. If you've been tracking with us, we've been in this book called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg, and we are taking a little pause because I wanted to do a little exploration about Jesus. Yes, Jesus and the reasons that he prayed. As we know, prayer is the most important part of our lives. Like it's literally everything. If we do not pray, we do not have a connection with God because To put it plainly, prayer is just communication with God. Yes, we're supposed to approach him in reverence, in honor, right? As the Lord's prayer gives us. But the truth is, the essence of prayer is talking with God. And so what we are going to explore today is 20 different reasons with verses why Jesus prayed. Reason number one, communion in God. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, It says, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So first of all, I think it's interesting here. It says that Jesus dismissed the crowd. In other words, Jesus made a cognitive effort to not just say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and pray to God. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss these people so I can have solitude. Last episode, that's where we talked about getting getting with God in silence and solitude. I encourage you to listen to that episode. But this here, Jesus dismissed the crowd and then went up to a mountain by himself to pray. He was there alone. So Jesus Just to get in communion with God, he went in solitude, he dismissed the crowd, he dismissed those around us, and he went to the mountain and prayed. How hard is it in our daily lives to make that a practice? To say, I'm not just going to pray, I'm going to make the declarative statement. Listen, I know I have kids, I know I have a spouse, I know I have these responsibilities, but I'm going to dismiss the crowd and follow Jesus in order to commune with God myself. Reason number two, strength and guidance. In Luke 22, 42, Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This is a famous passage where Jesus, right before he goes in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's asking his heavenly Father to possibly remove this cup, possibly just, God, would you just take this from me? But His ending of that response is not my will, but your will. And so Jesus is just as much praying for strength. God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm a firm believer in this. If God is the one that wills you to do it, he's also the one that's going to give you the strength to do it as well. But you have to rely on him. And in the process of that, he will give you the discernment to discern what is the will of God. Reason number three, teaching his disciples. In Luke 11, 1, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So we actually have a few things here. First of all, clearly 
a part of somebody who's discipling others is teaching them how to pray. That is a important part of the part of the process. And so Jesus prayed. Why? So he can show others how to do it. I am I am hoping that you are watching this video because you want to grow in your faith. But if this piece of information just stays with you and you do not pray to others or show others how to pray, I should say, then we're doing it wrong. Jesus prayed in order to model to others what it means to pray. I'll say this. One of the scariest things <laughs> to get somebody to do is to ask somebody to pray in a prayer circle, in a congregation, in a small group, and they've never done it before. Literally, their heart starts pounding. Most of the time, they'll refuse to do it. Jesus recognized part of the discipleship process is teaching his disciples how to pray. Number four, thanksgiving. In Matthew 11, 25 through 26, at the time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Most of the most powerful prayers in the Bible start with thanksgiving, giving glory and honor to God, giving thanks to what he has given you. In Jesus' statement here, he's recognizing and in reverence of who God is and just thanking him from him even revealing these things to his children and thanking him for his gracious will. For his gracious will. Can I say this? God does not have to give you his will. Like, think about it. We, we put on this idea that, man, following God's will is such a burden. Well, then do it yourself. If you think following God's will is such a burden, it is his grace that we have been given his will. He doesn't have to give us his will. We would still be doing our all our own thing, walking our own ways, walking our own will, think being so self-centered, thinking about ourselves. And God today is just a heck with you guys. I ain't got to give you the Bible. I ain't got to give you my will. I ain't got to give you my spirit to lead you into all truth. I don't have to do that. But God in his grace revealed to us his will. Reason number five, interceding for others. John 17, that is called the high priestly prayer, where Jesus is actually interceding for us. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom we have given. That's how he opens the prayer. And he continues on by praying for his disciples, praying for unity in the body of the Christ, that God would sustain the church, God would sustain the Bible. And so in your own life, a reason to pray is for others. A reason to pray is for your loved ones, is for that family member that does not have a relationship with God. Let me say this. It is only through the power of God and through his spirit that we that that God draws people to him, that people get saved. It's not by you talking so well, by you just trying to convince people of the gospel. And I am a firm believer in apologetics. If that is all that you have, you're failing. Because if you do not, if you are not walking in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, then you're basically relying on your own strength to draw people in. And if that's what you're trying to do, you cannot do that. Because John 15, 5, Jesus said this clearly. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. So Jesus 
lays out the groundwork that only through the work of the Holy Spirit, only through him, not apart from him, can people be drawn to him. And so interceding for others is the best thing. Praying for our lost and loved ones, praying for those that have ran away from the faith because you are urging God and asking God in thanksgiving, God, would you draw those back to him? Reason number six, before his baptism, Luke 3, 21. Now, when all people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. So Jesus, in the process of baptism, is recognizing a holy moment. And what he does is he's praised to his heavenly father. I love what it says here in Luke. It says, Jesus also had been baptized and was praying the heavens were opened. So in other words, part of the process of his heavenly father coming down and saying, this is my beloved, my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. There was an interceding there. There was a prayer that happened in the process. Number seven, and this is a big one that I think most people know it's good, but scoff at. Number seven, before making major decisions. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 13. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued to pray in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from the 12 whom he named apostles. Okay, in other words, before Jesus chose the 12 disciples who were going to carry his church, carry the gospel, do the work of the ministry to spread Christianity throughout the entire world, he prayed. I mean, one could argue this is Jesus's most intense decision. He is handpicking and choosing within God's will, his will, obviously his father's will, who those 12 are going to be. Before he did that, he prayed. That is not an accident. Before you make those decisions, what job you're going to take, what career you're going to go in, what church you were supposed to be a part of, what ministry you're supposed to serve in, what God is prompting you to do to go across country, where you're supposed to live, who you're supposed to marry, all of these things should first be bathed in prayer. Before making major decisions, Jesus prayed first. Reason number eight, during the times of temptation, in Matthew chapter four, verse one through two, we see Jesus going to the wilderness. And then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And so in the process of Jesus going through the wilderness, experiencing temptation, he fasted and prayed before the Lord. Jesus knew if we are going to flee temptation, we must be in constant communication and conversation with God. The reason you're failing, the reason you're falling into sin is because you don't are not in communion with God. I guarantee you this. It is impossible for you to sin if you are close with the Holy Spirit and in closeness with him and in essence, close with God. You can't do it. It is impossible for the enemy to overcome the overpowering work of the Holy Spirit in your life. In James chapter 4, that's why it says, draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. If you draw near to God and resist the devil, he's going to flee. 
So if you don't draw near to God, you're definitely not going to resist the devil, and then he's definitely ain't going to flee, which means you're going to fall into sin. Jesus understood in times of temptation, he needed to pray. Reason number nine, in times of sorrow. John chapter 11, verse 41 through 42. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around me that they may believe that you sent me. Mm. Took away the stone. This was right before Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, experiencing extreme anguish. It, that's where we get the passage, Jesus wept. And before that happened, in times of sorrow and pain, he prayed to God. The reason it's been so difficult for you to overcome your sorrows, overcome your pain, overcome your trauma, is because you have been trying to do it on your own. If Jesus prayed in his own time of sorrow, in his own time for grief, how much more should that be for you? For some reason, we think that we can do this on my own or God doesn't care for our grief. If you would just humble yourself, bring it before God and say, God, I can't handle this right now. I promise you the Lord is gonna show up. Reason number 10 for Jesus praying for forgiveness. Luke 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. This is when Jesus is dying on the cross. One of his favorite last phrases, forgive them. They know not what they do. Going back to Matthew 6, when he lays out the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus is praying for the forgiveness of others. And I love the response, by the way. Like, this is the response from the people that Jesus is praying for. They cast lots to divide his garments. They play the game, a betting game, to try and get Jesus's things. That's their response. But yet Jesus had such a good heart that he was willing to still pray for their forgiveness. Whoa. Are you doing okay? These are the first 10 reasons. We have 10 more to go. Stay with me. Stay with me. Reason number 11, to find solitude. Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. This is one of the few instances where we see another picture of Jesus going into solitude very early in the morning, getting time with God, finding solitude, getting alone. I'm telling you, you need to listen to last or watch last episode. It is powerful. It talks all about silence in solitude. And actually, I, I absolutely love it because shortly after I talked about last podcast episode, how his disciples were angry at him for going into solitude to seek the Lord. Like, I love how crazy that is. We are so caught up in what we have to get done. We would chastise the Son of God. Why are you going out and praying? We need you, Jesus. Anyways, reason number 12, to strengthen his ministry. John 17, four through five, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence and with the glory that I had before the world existed. Jesus is saying, I glorified you, God, 
and I have accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And he continues to pray that God would strengthen the ministry that he is called to. Let me say this. If you are a follower of Jesus, okay, actually, let me put it this way. If you are a quote-unquote follower of Jesus and you are not part of any ministry, then you are not following Jesus. I know that sometimes a hard pill to swallow because we have reasons and rhymes why we do not think we need to to be connected to the body of Christ or we are too busy. But that is not an excuse. Jesus calls all of us to be called, to be part of the body of Christ. So, Jesus prayed to strengthen his ministry and he can also pray to strengthen the ministry of you whatever you are a part of. Reason number 13 to receive guidance and direction. Matthew 26 to 39, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is another passage, just like in Luke 22 that we talked about, where Jesus is receiving guidance and direction. Also, we saw earlier that he also, that he received strength as well. So it's a combination of all, guidance, strength, direction. Reason number 14, to set an example for others. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Just like he showed his disciples how to pray, he also gave us an example how to pray. Jesus, I promise you this, if you do not know how to pray, you can just take the Lord's prayer and walk it out. Our Father who is in heaven, recognize the relationship. Jesus is your heavenly Father. Hallowed be your name. Recognize that the reverence and the honor and being gratitude for the fact that you can stand before the throne room of God and pray to him. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. God, let your reign and rule be seen on this earth through my life. Your will be done, not just on this earth, but in my life as well. What will do you need to surrender that you can follow God more closely and follow his true purpose for your life? Your will be done on earth as in it is heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God, would you take care? What needs do you have you need to pray for? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. God, would you... Would we confess our sins? This is the time we get to confess your sins before God as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is where you get to lay it out to the people that you need to forgive. And if you can't, you need to console God as to why you can't, that he might be able to mend your heart and allow you to forgive and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, would we be able to walk purely and righteously? Help me do that, God. And would you help me flee from the devil? I am in a spiritual battle, God, would you empower me? Reason number 15, to express his emotions. Hebrews 5, 7, in the days of his flesh, flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears, tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. We have this weird thing in Christianity where for some reason we feel like because we're Christian, we can't show emotion and we can't show pain. How are you doing today, David? I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're not. You're actually going through struggle. Life is difficult right now. Can you just be honest and transparent? And here, I'm not going to say that we need to give our garbage and our baggage to everybody that we talk to. But let me say this. If you have not had that conversation with God, you need to fix it. 
Jesus recognized that part of himself was also part of his emotions. In a future podcast episode, I'd like to talk about a book that had a great impact on my life by uh, Peter Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It talks all about this, so look out for that episode. Reason number 16, to find mercy and grace. Hebrews 5.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Many times we feel like we can't continue on with what we are dealing with because we have detached ourselves from the cross. We have detached ourselves from the grace of God and the mercies of God and the love of God. And so we need to come to God in prayer, just like Jesus did, to be able to say there is power in grace. The grace of God is the ability of God to sustain you and make it for you to be able to persevere and make it through life. If you read throughout the letters, it says, God, would you give them the grace? Give them the grace because grace is empowering. Grace is not just a moment in time. Grace is an empowering thing in our life. To pray for healing and miracles. Number 17, to pray for healing and miracles. John 11, 41 through 42, and John 6, 11 through 13. They took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes. And Father, he said, I Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I said on this account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. And also, then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. So just in the account of Jesus feeding the 4,000 and the 5,000, in the account of Jesus in Lazarus, healing Lazarus, raising him from the dead, Jesus prayed. And here's the beauty. Jesus also walked in the authority where he had so much power that he was able to command demons to leave. He was able to command people to be healed. But there was also times even Jesus, the Son of God, still prayed for healing. And as much as we can walk in confidence that someone might be healed, there is also power in their request before God. Jesus prayed for healing and miracles. Number 18, to glorify God. John 12, 27 through 28. Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify me. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and it will glorify it again. Jesus prayed to glorify God. Isn't that interesting how just a conversation with God can glorify him? You don't think it's possible? That's powerful. Reason number 19, to overcome temptation. Matthew 26 through 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Jesus prayed that we may not enter into temptation. How much more should you pray? Jesus was also praying for his disciples when he was going to the cross. Before that happened, the night before, he was praying that the disciples would not sin, would not fall into temptation. Be in communion with God. Number 20, and finally, to give direction to his disciples. Luke 6, 12-13, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray. All night he continued to pray to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose them from his 12, whom he named apostles. So going back to what we talked about earlier, the reason Jesus prayed was not only to make big decisions, but also to give direction to those around him, to give directions to his loved ones, those that he, he cared for. That's what you need to do. 
You need to be able to pray that God would give you wisdom to steward those around you. You have a responsibility. There's a reason James 3.1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. The reason that is is because there's a responsibility on those who steward others. There's a responsibility that you have to manage those around you. So why not pray that God would give you wisdom to manage and steward those around? Jesus did it also. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Builders Project podcast. You are a project God is building, and I want you to build your life on Jesus, follow his word, his will, and his way. Um, I'm your host, David Narvaez, but as you all already know, it's not about David. It's all about Jesus. Love you all. See you next week, two weeks, something like that. Oh, <laughs>